Thanks for joining us for another great message from Influences Church Australia. We hope it inspires you, encourages you, blesses you and brings you joy. For more information about our church, go online to influences.church. And now for our message. All right, well, you ready for the word? All right, Psalm chapter 30, verses 1 to 4. Psalm chapter 30, verses 1 to 4. This is David speaking in the Psalms, and he says, I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me. Someone say, lifted me. You lifted me out of the depths. You did not let my enemies gloat over me, Lord God. I called to you for help, and you healed me. Someone say, healed me. You brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord. All you faithful people, praise His holy name. Well, this is a psalm where David is obviously thanking God. In fact, more to the point, he's being specific about what God did for him. Because what you've got to understand that in this season, when David was writing this psalm to the Lord, he was in a place where he was down. His face was downcast. He was on the run. He was in the depths, the Bible says. He was sick. He was facing death. I mean, life was low. He was in a place of discouragement when he wrote this psalm. But I loved that he talks about how the Lord remembered him. And I want to tell you, when you're down in those depths, and I don't know what your challenge is or your problem is or what's keeping you low, you need to remember that the Lord is working on your behalf as well. Even when you can't see it and when you don't know it and you're thinking, how God, why God, when God, what you've got to remember is that He is God. He's in control. He's over your circumstances. In fact, the title of tonight's message of what I want to speak about is it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Come on, if you woke up this morning and there wasn't a chalk line around your body, it's not over yet. Come on, someone. Turn to someone and say, it's not over yet. You can get to that point where you can think, well, how did I get here? Not church, but how did I get to this place in my life? What happened along the way? Why am I going through this? And you can start to question things. You can start to ask why about things. But what I want to speak over you tonight is it's not over yet. You see, you look at what the key words of what God did that David described. He said, he said, he lifted me, he healed me, he brought me and he spared me. Can I tell you, that's God's plan for your life as well. He wants to lift you. He wants to heal you. He wants to bring you and he wants to spare you. You see, it's easy to want to give up when you've had bad news. When you're in the middle of challenge, when you're in the middle of a fight. You know, last year for us, we were in the middle of challenge. My dad got cancer. Keddie's mum got cancer. Both our parents at the same time, different continents of the earth, but both, both facing this fighting challenge for their lives. And it's those seasons, it's those bad news that can come that you don't expect that you don't see coming and you don't know it's coming, but it's very real and it's right before you when that stuff happens. But you know what I've found is that too often we try and do things in our own strength. 
We try and think, I'll handle this. I'll get through this. I can make this. and we Because we sort of think we're invincible, don't we? We sort of think, well, I know God and that sort of thing, but I'll do it my way and I'll try everything that I can first. Because, you know, in my head, I'm sort of like invincible. It's like when you're the, when you're the oldest in the family, like what you were talking about before, you're the oldest in your family. Well, when you, we're all the oldest in your family. Give me a wave. You're the oldest in your family. Look at you. You're the trailblazers. You're the pioneers. You're the one that set the examples for the others. I mean, you were the invincible ones in the family. All the other siblings had to look up to you. You're the invincible ones. Where's all the youngest in the family? Give us a wave. Look at you. I got two words for you. Spoiled brats. <laughs> That's right. You're the youngest. I know because I'm the youngest in my family. Blame everyone else. Get away, from, get, get away with things from mum and dad. Always the little favourite in the family. And where's all the middle children? Where are you? The middle children, give us a wave. Look at you, the forgotten generation. It's terrible. It's terrible, I know. But we think we're invincible. Go through life. It's like looking in a mirror. Men, we think we're invincible. I mean, a woman will look in the mirror and she'll look and she'll think, are these jeans shrinking? Have I gained weight? Am I getting gray hairs? And a man will look in the same mirror and he'll just suck in his stomach and say, oh, I still got it. <laughs> just something about feeling invincible. You think about Batman, Superman, Spider-Man. They were not fantasies for men growing up. No, they were options of who we would become because sort of think we're invincible. But the reality is, is that sometimes things happen to us in life that we're not invincible to. Sometimes things come your way that you can't see coming. And for David, when it come to God and those challenges that came his way, he was not reluctant to God, but he was reliant to God. Because he knew that he's the lifter, he's the healer, he's the bringer, he's the one that, and for David, he realised that it's not over yet. I might be down. He even said in the Psalms, why are you downcast my soul? Hey, he, you might be in that place, but it's not over yet. You see, when you think about those four things that David mentioned, I want to talk about them tonight. The first one, he, he lifts you. He lifts you. I will exalt the Lord for you lifted me out of the depths. Understand that God's a lifter of your head. He's a lifter of your heart. He's a lifter of your eyes. He's a lifter of your reputation. He's a lifter of your confidence. He's a lifter of your faith. And the Bible says that it was out of the depths. What are your depths tonight? What are the depths that you find yourself in? Is it something with business? Something with your job? Is it grief? Is it hurt? Is it a disappointment? Someone that treated you bad, that's brought you down into the depths of that situation. Because I, I want to tell you, he doesn't want you to stay there. He doesn't want you to stay in that hurt, stay in that tragedy, stay in that past, or stay in that disappointment. No, God doesn't want you to stay there. Many of you have heard 
me tell my story about my kids. And of course, I mentioned our three beautiful children, but there are two other children that we have that are up in heaven. There was Noah, who was born in 2007, and Noah died at birth. And let me tell you, when you're driving to the hospital to have a baby, it's very hard to drive home with no baby. And nothing can describe the brokenness and the disappointment and the hurt and the not knowing that you go through all at once. And then later, in around, I think it was 2010, we had Zach. And Zach lived for three months and then died. And you know, when Zach died, I thought I was gonna be okay because I'd been there before, but I wasn't okay. I was very broken. In fact, if I was honest, I probably lost all my faith. I was all out of faith and I was the pastor. <laughs> and I'm meant to be running the church and sitting on the front row and I thought, in my head, I reasoned and rationalized that, you know what, if I just remove any expectation in God, I'll be okay. Because this is what I thought. If I can remove expectation, I'll avoid disappointment. And that was my honest thinking for about nine months. I was living like that. God, I'm not gonna expect nothing because I can avoid disappointment then. And it wasn't until I was in church and can, can I tell you something, no matter what you're going through, no matter what's bringing you down, no matter what hurt you're in, keep coming to the house of God. Keep coming to church. Because I wanna tell you, I was in church and I'm sitting on the front row thinking, I can do this because I'm invincible. I'll get through this. And it was on a Sunday night, much like tonight, beautiful atmosphere, praise and worship. And the preacher was preaching, who was a buddy of mine. And he, he, he did this, message and, and through it he did this song and, and the lyrics come up from the song and it said, I will heal your brokenness. And it was like the Holy Spirit took those words and put them straight in my heart. I'll heal your brokenness. And right there and then I start weeping on the front row. I mean, I'm bawling, I'm a mess. I'm like tears are coming down because God was speaking to me and I said, I, said, I realise I am broken. I said, I am broken, God. This is not normal to try and live like this as a Christian to try and do it in my own strength. I knew I was broken. And so there I was. But here's the thing. That night, it challenged me, but it didn't change me. And often what God will do in these moments is He will challenge an area of your life. He'll challenge an area of your living. He'll challenge an area of your heart. Why? Because He wants to see change, miracle change, breakthrough change that only He can do. And so that night, I knew God had spoken to me, but then began the process of me wanting to see change happen. You see, I had to start to pray again. I had to learn to start to read my Bible again. And I started to open up, and even though I'd read it, and sometimes I felt like it said nothing to me, I wasn't hearing the voice of God, even though I'd pray and I felt like, is anyone listening? I kept doing it. Because I knew that God had challenged me for a reason. He wanted to heal my brokenness. And so then, I remember it was about three weeks after that event that I was in the park where I normally would go and pray. And I was in that park and I just was praying as I normally did. But something happened in that moment. It was like God began to lift. Because He's the lifter. He began to lift this burden, this heaviness off my life. He began to lift up my head. 
and lift up my faith. And all of a sudden, I felt my joy coming back. I felt my peace coming back. I felt my hope coming back. Because you've got to understand, your God is a lifter. He wants to lift you out of that place of hurt, out of that place of regret, out of that disappointment. He's a lifter. That's what I love about God. Don't stay where you are. Don't stay there. Don't stop there. Don't camp there. God wants to lift you out of that place. Listen, Psalm 107, 41. But he lifted the needy out of their affliction. That's the heart of God. He's a lifter. You see, everything about the enemy, he's not a lifter. No, he's a puller. He'll pull you down. He won't lift you up. The enemy wants to pull down your confidence, pull down your peace, pull down your joy. He wants to pull everything about you down, but that's not the nature of God. God lifts you just like he did for David. You know why? Because you know what lifting does? Lifting points to hope. When he lifts you, he points you, there's more. Come on, it's not over yet, there's more. Come on, it's not over yet. He's lifting you because he's pointing you to hope in Jesus. It's not over yet. The second thing that David described that the Lord does is number two, he heals you. He says, Lord, I called on you for help and you healed me. Can I say God wants to heal you physically, but he also wants to heal you emotionally. Whatever it is that's caused you pain, I'm here to tell you tonight, God can heal. So often we carry pain from our past, hurt from our past, disappointment from our past and we don't know how to let it go. Years ago when I was living in Sydney and this would have been literally about 15 to 18 years ago when I was in Sydney I was doing a visit to someone in our church and I was driving back to the church and I thought I need a haircut and so I was looking for a hairdresser And I was in this suburb called Beecroft. And I'd never been in that suburb before, but it was sort of like bigger houses and bigger lawns and bigger yards. And I saw this hairdressing salon. I thought, oh, I'll just just pull in for a quick trim because that's what males do. We just want a quick trim. Just get a quick haircut. Give me a quick trim. So I went in and the lady sat me down, put a cushion behind my back and put my feet up on a stool. I thought, oh, this is a bit fancy. It's a bit comfortable. Started, started sitting there. Then before the haircut, she starts putting shampoo and conditioner in my hair. And I stopped her and I said, oh, look, I only want a haircut. She said, well, it's complimentary. I said, oh, okay. So she kept going and then she started giving me a massage. And I said, oh, just the haircut. She said, but it's complimentary. I said, oh, okay. Then she starts blow drying the hair. And I'm like, oh, just a towel. But she said, no, 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 it's complimentary. Then she starts offering me, would you like a cappuccino, a tea, a coffee, a latte? And I said, no, 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 just, just, I'm thinking, when's the haircut going to start? She says, oh, it's complimentary. Then she brings magazines over and giving me magazines. She said, would you like? They're complimentary. And so then we start talking. She finally starts with the haircut. And she starts asking me what I do. And I said, oh, I'm a pastor at Hillsong Church. She said, oh, Hillsong. She said, I love the worship music there. I love your songs. She said, I want to bring my husband to Hillsong. And I'm thinking, that's great. Just keep cutting. Because she stops cutting every time she's talking. And so anyway, she keeps going on. And 
Then I start looking around the hair salon and I'm thinking there's some big chandeliers in this place. And at the end of the haircut, I went up to pay. So I pull out my $30 because I'm there for a quick trim. And every male knows that's what a haircut costs, a quick trim, $30. I pull out my $30 and she says, well, that'll be $85, please. I got to tell you, church, I almost swallowed a tonsil. I'm thinking, I'm thinking $85. I was the youth pastor back then and I didn't have a lot of money. I mean, my wallet was like an onion. Every time I opened it, it made me cry. And so I was in tough times back then. I'm thinking $85 for a quick trim. And then she says this to me. She says, how was your experience? And I'm thinking experience. She wanted me to have an experience. Can I tell you, ladies, men don't go to the hairdresser for an experience. We go for a haircut. If I want an experience, I'll go to Disneyland. But I'd already told her that I was a pastor. And so at that point, I just pulled out the $85 as I'm handing it to her. I'm thinking, and you see the smile on my face right now? Well, it's complimentary. (laughs) It was a tough time. But can I tell you, that haircut, it wounded me for months. I'm being serious. I carried that hair. I was telling everyone, I got ripped off. I got ripped off. That lady, she ripped me off. I went for a haircut, $30.85. Can you believe it? I was ripped off. I was telling everyone, what a rip off. I was so wounded. But you know, a lot of us live like that with stuff from our past. We can't let it go. It eats us on the inside. A relationship that breaks down, a financial mess, a hurt in a marriage, a friend who let you down, a business that, that failed, a betrayal, a past mistake. And most of the time, we don't think about it or we don't even talk about it until something triggers it. Something triggers it and all of a sudden it brings it to the surface again. And we don't even realise that it's there, but it comes to the surface again. But can I say this? Maybe God reveals some things so He can heal some things. Maybe God wants to heal some areas in your life that you've been holding on to that God's saying, come on, it's time to let go. Come on, it's time to keep walking. Come on, it's not over yet. You see, you gotta remember Philippians 1.6, he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion. Don't give up when you're only halfway. God wants to heal you. Look at the third thing that he says to to David. So he lifts you, he heals you, and then he he brings you. You see, he said, you, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. What are you looking at in your life that you think is a dead end? The realm of the dead. What are you looking at? And you keep thinking that's a dead end. Stop looking at those that you think nothing's gonna get better for me. I've lost that opportunity. Nothing works out for me. No one cares about me. No one sees me. It's all gone for me. It doesn't get any better for me. Can I tell you the nature of God is He's a resurrector of dead things? That's who God is. 
The Bible says in John 11, verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. God is not a God of dead things. Our God is a God of the living, not the dead, the Bible says. He's alive. He's not still in a grave. He's not like, I can't do anything about it. No, He's a living God that wants to breathe life into your circumstances. In fact, he can, He's a God that can bring you back. You think about what He brings. He can bring you back into blessing, into relationship into favour, into grace, into strength, into love. He, he brings you because He loves you, you see. You see, He loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He loves you too much to leave you where you are. No matter how far gone you think you are, you're never too far gone for God. Romans 6 verse 13, you have brought us from death to life. God's a bringer from death to to life. Hey, God's bringing you through. You say, I might not be there yet, but He's bringing me. I might, might not have it all together yet, but He's bringing me. You know, I'm still broke, but He's bringing me. My relationships are a mess, but He's bringing me. I've made some mistakes, but He's bringing me. I know I failed, but He's bringing me. Your God's a bringer. He wants to bring you from death to life. He's not done yet. I love that verse that says, um, uh, we are being transformed into His image and likeness. Being, not being, being. In other words, it's not over yet. I'm being transformed because God's a bringer. He's bringing you through. Never stop believing for what God can bring into your life. He can bring a breakthrough into your relationships. He can bring a miracle in your health, in your marriage, a new idea for your business. He can bring a peace to your family conflict, a, a wisdom for your finances. He can bring healing to your body. Luke 2 verse 10 says this, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Hey, who needs some good news this week? You want, you're believing for some. I'm going to believe tonight for people to get some good news this week. Maybe all you've had is bad news. Maybe all you had is, is no news, but I'm just going to believe you're going to get good news this week in Jesus' name. So He lifts you, He heals you, He brings you, and then finally He spares you. He spares you. Verse 3, you spared me from going down to the pit. What does that mean? You spared me from going down to the pit. It means that God's watching over you and He's actually taking care of you. Even when you don't know it, He's directing your paths. Even when you don't know it, He's guiding you, leading you, watching over you. In fact, Psalm 138 verse 7, David said, Though I walk through the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. Anyone here, you've ever had near-death experiences? You ever had a near-death experience? That's what David's talking about here. He's talking about how God spared me from a near-death experience. I've had a few near-death experiences. When I was born, I was born actually with a hole in my heart. Doctors had to operate to save me. Then there was the time I was a toddler and I fell off the jetty at Wanji Wanji. You ever been to Wanji Wanji? It's just down the road from Curry Curry. But I was at Wanji Wanji and Gough Whitlam, who was the Prime Minister of Australia at that time, was speaking at the Wanji Wanji RSL. 
And my mum and dad were there and they were down on the jetty by the water having a break from the conference and the Prime Minister wanted a break as well so he wandered down to where they were. So there's my mum and dad and Gough Whitlam talking on the Wanji Wanji jetty. But they didn't realise that I'd fallen in the water at Wanji Wanji as a toddler. And my dad looks around and he's like, where is, where, where? And all he said he saw was a bubble come up from the murky water. Just saw a bubble. And he dived in the water and he walked around, fished around till he found me, pulled me up out of the Wanji Wanji. Then there was the time where I crawled out on the main road, four lanes. Mum and dad were having a game of cards at a friend's house who lived on the main road. I'd somehow opened the front door, walked straight out on the middle of the road. There was a four-way park pile up traffic jam and there was a knock at the door and there was a lady holding me in the hands. Excuse me, is this your baby? Don't worry, my parents were good parents. They really were. They really were. But then there was the time where I almost drowned on a surf ski. I grew up in a surfing family and I went out and thought I'd try a paddle surf ski and and they have a belt on them for experience. And I put the belt on as a 10-year-old, paddled out, got flipped by the wave and couldn't get the belt off. And I thought I was going to die. I was praying under the water. And then my dad sees what's happened, comes out into the ocean and flips the ski and they resuscitate me, somehow get me back to life. Then there was the time I was jumping on the lounge at home and I fell down and a knitting needle went through my chest. Straight through my chest, the knitting needle. Then there was the time I was out trick-or-treating on Halloween. I got hit by a car, got hit by a four-wheel drive car, went into a coma, had a fractured skull and had short-term brain injury. Now, my family will tell you that it's long-term brain injury, but I want to assure you it is short-term brain injury. Yeah, so when David said he spared my life from the pit, I know what David's talking about. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Hey, God spares you for a purpose. He spares you for a purpose. God doesn't spare you for nothing. No, He spares you so we can continue in the God-given purpose for our lives. Too often we're not driven by our purpose. Too often we're driven by something else. Oh, we get driven by our possessions. We get driven by our stuff, by our things. We get driven by our job, by our money, by our parents. We get driven by guilt or by worry or by revenge. We get driven by all the wrong things rather than being driven by your God-given purpose. Fyodor Dostoevsky, he said this, the mystery of the human existence lies not in just staying alive, but in finding something to live for. What a great name he has. Hey, Jesus lived with purpose. John 17 verse four, he said, I've brought your glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. He lived with purpose. Did you know there's three basic levels that we can live at when it comes to this life? We can live at the first level, which I call survival level. You ever been in survival mode? Sometimes we go through life and we find ourselves in survival mode. I've been there survival level. In the survival level, it's a level where it's, if I can just get by, if I can just get through the day, if I can just get to the end of the week, I don't know how I'm going to make ends meet. I don't know how I'm going to get through it. I don't know how I'm going to make this. But if I just, you're in survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you're not, you're not really, I mean, you're punching the hours, you do the work, but you're really only living for the weekends. 
You're really only living for the you time, the me time that I get. And we go through this level not really having any major goals or major drive in life because we're in survival mode. That's the first level. So there's survival level. Then there's a second level, which I call success level. Success level is where most people live at because the focus is paying off what you have, paying off the mortgage, paying off a car. This level of success is all about owning or establishing something in our lives that we own, that we have. And you know what the goal of success is? It's one word, comforts. If I can just live the comfortable lifestyle, that's the goal of the success level. But can I tell you, I know a lot of very, very successful people, but I know some of them who still have a lot missing that aren't in the house of God. Which brings me to the third level. You see, there's the survival level, the success level, and then there's the third level, which I call significance level. You see, significance is when you know why you're here on earth. Significance says, I have a purpose for my life. You know that your life matters. You know that there is meaning behind what you do. You know that your life has a cause attached to it. You're not just part of this world going through aimlessly. No, you have a purpose. You have a cause. You have a mission. You know why you're here on earth because there is a God that's called you, that has a plan and a purpose for you. And I'm walking in that plan. I'm walking in that will for His His purpose for my life. God didn't spare you. And I'll get the rest of the team to come. God didn't spare you just for survival. God didn't spare you just for success. No, God spared you for significance. (laughs) That His purpose would prevail in your life. And watch this, here's the thing. He lifts, He heals, He brings, and He spares. Well, He lifts you because of hope. Well, He heals you because of faith. And He brings you because of love. And He spares you because of purpose. Man, if we could just understand, I don't know where you're at tonight, but I just wanna say to you, it's not over yet. God has more for you. There is more ahead for your life. It's not over yet. I pray this sermon has blessed you, encouraged you and inspired you. You know, we may never have met, I may not know you, but God knows you. And I'll tell you today, God loves you. That even before you knew about Him, He loved you. And He has a plan and a purpose for your life. You know, so many of us do life on our own, trying to lead our life in a way that finds answers and finds the peace and finds the joy we're looking for, but we come up short. But God knew that you needed rescuing, that you needed saving, that you needed His love. So He sent His Son, Jesus, to come and pay the price for our mistakes. He lived a perfect life, but knowing we couldn't, He said, I will take their place. So He died and rose again so that His death could pay the penalty for my mistakes in my past and His life could make a way so that I could have life. I believe that when you believe in what Jesus did and when you invite Him to be Lord of your life, you can experience forgiveness, peace, hope, joy, purpose and life like you've never known before. It's not about what we've done or who we're not. It's about that we have a God who's good, who can turn things for good and loves you. 
He's a father. He's a friend. And you can invite him into your life today by simply saying this prayer after me. I'm going to say this prayer. And wherever you are, wherever you're watching around the world, pray this prayer with me. Maybe you once knew God and you walked away. You know what? Maybe he's getting your attention today to say, come back into relationship with me. Maybe you've known religion, but never a real genuine relationship with God. Why don't you say this prayer too? And I believe this can be the beginning of a great new day. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for loving me and giving your life for me. I pray you forgive me for my past and you walk with me into my tomorrow. Let me know your grace, your forgiveness, your peace, your purpose, your joy and your hope into my life. I ask you to lead me and guide me from this day forward. Be Lord of who I am. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer today. I believe that as you did, the peace, the grace and the love of God comes into your life. You know what? The past is real, but it doesn't have to dictate your future. Let the love, the grace and the word of God go with you from this day forward. And I believe the best days are ahead for you. If you prayed this prayer or you want to know more, maybe you're on the journey. Why don't you flick us an email so we can send you some material about following Jesus. We can maybe connect you with a local church near you that you can do life with, get good people around you. And we would love to pray with you. I'm so glad you prayed that prayer. I'm so glad you're on the journey of following Jesus. I'm so glad you listened today. God bless.